advice on its head. Here we go. Paul, what's going on, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. I had a fun weekend. I went out to Dallas for oh, a Oh, yeah. How buddy's. was uh, the retirement and stuff? It was great, man. Air Force retirement. He had 25 years of service. My good buddy, T-Dub, T-W. Um, but uh, he's not listening. I'll tell him to listen because I mentioned his name. But uh, it's like none <laughs> of my good buddies listen to the podcast. Uh, maybe because they knew me when we flew fighters together. And they're like, really? I'm going to listen to you? But uh, this guy's so cheap. I don't want to listen to him. <laughs> no, funny story. We had found somebody even cheaper than me while we were there. Another pilot uh, who I hadn't seen in about 10 or 12 years. We were driving from Fort Worth to Dallas. You cannot get from Fort Worth to Dallas to, to Plano, actually, but you got to go through Dallas without hitting a toll road. Like right. Dallas, the Metroplex is just toll roads. And he was like, nope, not taking a toll because he didn't want to pay for it. So we turned a, a, a one-hour trip into an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, I finally stuffed some cash down his pocket, down his, his uh, flight suit pocket there. And uh, I said, just take a toll route. Let's go. So we finally got home. But no, he's officially cheaper than me. Wow. It's true. Somebody is. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. We found one. That's right. Yeah, but no, it was fun, man. A lot of, uh, got to see a lot of good old buddies and, um, I mean, they're all, it's funny, Air Force pilots, over 90% of them go to the airline. So every single dude there was flying for the airlines. Yeah. So I was, you know, a lot of good conversations. I love uh, the pilots are, a lot of pilots use this concept. Um, yep. You know, once they learn about it and they find out, uh, you know, the tax-free retirement bucket and, um, you know, safe money, money they can access before 59 and a half. It's like, it's a no-brainer really is what it becomes for them. Yeah. And I think they're at a huge advantage just because most of them, and I'm assuming all the airlines are competitive. They get, you know, 16% of their salary automatically into their 401k, which I'd rather have it in cash. But anyway, that's what they do for these guys. Yep. So they don't have to contribute anything to it unless they really want to. Right. Um, and and some of them like FedEx, they even get a pension on top of that. You know, they don't yeah. get quite 16%, but they get a pension, which hopefully is not at risk. They've got a, a big new, uh, you know, hmm. agreement they're, they're voting on and trying to maneuver. But so I've got a couple, you know, several clients who are talking to me about that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If they want to, if they want to be uh, aware of what's going on with their pension, they should try to find out, you know, where, where is that fund invested? Yeah. Is it, is it with some, you know, hedge fund on Wall Street or is it, is it with a, an insurance company or is it, is it spread out across all of the above? It would be nice to know those things because a lot of pensions are backed by, by annuities. Yeah. Well, and, um, which is fine. I mean, we, yeah, we, we'll, we'll hit on some, you know, what, what life insurance companies invest in today during this episode. Um, but hey, uh, 4th of July. 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Happy 4th. Yeah. So hopefully everybody's out on a boat listening to this while they're having a, uh, a, a cocktail or two on their boat in the sun like you'll be doing next week. I will. You can see I'm still a little bit, bit sun-kissed from Sunday, I think. It was finally nice up here. But yeah, uh, yeah that's what we'll be. We'll be on the lake. We'll be in, uh, down in Lake Anna, which is like 70 miles south of uh, Northern Virginia. Um, and uh, I think we're going to come back up here though, to see like the, the Washington DC fireworks. 
Oh, I bet just that's good, huh? Yeah, they're supposed to be pretty good, and we just decided, hey, we need to do at least once, even though we hate being up here. Uh, we'll do it once, and uh, it'll be a good time. And so, yeah. how about you guys? Yeah, we will. Um, I don't have a boat, so and you know, oh, finding a time boat to get one on July Fourth weekend is almost impossible. But you know, Hannah's birthday is on the second, and that's a tough weekend to get anything. Yes. You know, when it falls on July 4th weekend, because everybody has, I don't know, probably most people are taking Monday off. Everybody has Tuesday off. Um, so it's just one big, long weekend for everybody. So, but no, we'll find something fun to do. Hopefully the weather cooperates. My mom's going to be in town. Uh, we'll go to a fireworks show and, you know, just do, do the traditional 4th of July stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, man, let's get into it. So, you had the thought because of what some some questions or conversations you've been having with some clients or uh, prospects recently about policy loans. And I had a conversation about that today, too, uh, also with a, a prospect, you know, and really the question is, why is it beneficial for you and the company to utilize policy loans? So why don't we dive into that a little bit? Um, so I think you've got a book there that we highly recommend people read and we'll, we'll reference a couple pages in there. Yeah. Yeah. So the book is the case for IBC. It was written in 2018. That's when it came out. Um, it was actually the first book on infinite banking concept that I read because you sent it to me. Yep. I mailed you a copy. Yep. Yeah. This may be the copy. I have no idea. Uh, I've I'm no longer handing out books to people. I'll tell you that. Because if they're serious about wanting to become their own banker, they'll go buy their own. They'll go spend 20, 25 bucks on a, yeah. on a book that, that could change their life. So I, yeah, I no agree. Problem. I used to hand out copies of Becoming Your Own Banker. And, and then somebody told me what they do. So I just started carrying copies. And I would actually just sell them for 20 bucks. There and say, go. hey, if you don't like it, give me the book back. And uh, I'll give you 20 bucks back. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. I like it. I know you got that too. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Very good. Um, so, okay. Maybe maybe explain, I'm going to explain first what a policy loan is, maybe, just to remind everybody if this is like the first episode they're hearing. Uh, a policy you know, a loan, policy, you, you just borrow your own money, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, right? So I had this discussion today with somebody uh, who was like, I really think the infinite banking thing is great and whole life insurance is great. And, I, and he owns some, actually not participating whole life, but regular vanilla whole life. But I just can't understand why I would pay interest to borrow my own money. So it's like this, the same old thing that you hear from people who have no idea what they're talking about. And that's fine. We'll get some clarification. So Dave, we're not borrowing our own money, right. are we? No. Right. We're borrowing the life insurance company's money, folks. So when you pay premium, that those dollars are no longer yours. Yes, they produce a, uh, a contractual cash value, a non-guaranteed cash value on top of that, or also known as equity in the policy. And it's going to go up every day and every year, it's going to increase in value, right? Every year you make that premium or every month, whatever your mode of premium is. So you have contractual access. Look at your contract right now if you have a whole life policy and go in there and you can see there's a section on policy loans and it'll explain to you exactly your your right to that to that money. Right. 
to that equity in the policy, right? So you, number one, first and foremost, not borrowing your own money. Yeah. And good point on the equity in the policy. So I explained that to somebody today and it, it really, and he had just read becoming your own banker, but explaining to everybody what that cash value actually is, is simply the equity that you have in the death benefit. So it's, and at age 121, they have to equal each other, right? Death benefit and cash value, they equal each other. So every year you have more and more equity in that death benefit. And the good news is that death benefit climbs year over year. So, yes. which means more cash value every year. Yeah. And our Canadian friends just put out a book last year, um, or maybe earlier this year, actually, I guess, uh, that calls, uh, you know, it's called Cash Follows the Leader. It's a good little book. Um, the leader being the death benefit and the cash is following the death benefit. And you guys have heard us say in the show before that, you know, the cash value is simply the present value of the death benefit. Dave says it's, you know, what the death benefit is worth right now or today, which is another great way to understand it. But it's the equity. The and the the value of the policy, the death benefit is increasing every year and the cash is just chasing it. But eventually it's going to they're going to meet at like Dave just said at a 121 years old. Well, it's kind of like still... you you and your kid, right? You and mm -hmm. Anthony. Like Anthony is growing every year in this situation you're not i guess you're not maybe that's not the best analogy because you're done growing but imagine yeah. i think your ears <laughs> keep growing though. <laughs> your ears and your nose they never stop growing great that's and great. your fingernails even after you die apparently i've heard so hmm, yeah weird. so okay let's scratch that example because i was trying to think you know how about an older brother and a younger brother, right? They're well, both I'm, growing. Eventually, I'm that younger brother's going to match. Years old. I'm 121 year old. Uh, I'm policy year 121 or whatever. Yeah. Or age, I guess, age 121. Sorry. And, and at that age, Anthony would be the same height as you. Yeah. Same size as you, right? But until then, yeah. he's got, always going to be shorter than you. Yeah. Yeah, we totally <laughs> muddy the waters for everybody. Anthony's there. <laughs> the cash. I'm the death benefit, I guess, is the, the simple yep. way to put it. And he's yep. going to catch up to me eventually. Absolutely. It, guaranteed to catch up to you. Guaranteed to catch yep. up to me. That's right. There you go. So um, anyway, but your original question is, I guess, you know, why is it beneficial? Why is a policy loan a great thing for me, the policy holder, policy owner, and why is it also great for the company? Um, simply put, I guess, the way to look at this is that the company is providing me alone, the policyholder, against the death benefit, which is the collateral that they are guaranteeing. Correct. They have built, this is all baked into the design and how whole life insurance is priced, how it's designed. The life insurance company knows that there's a few things that are going to happen with that loan. I'm going to pay it back is the most obvious. I'm going to pay the interest in just the interest. I'm going to die. In which case they will deduct what I owe in the policy loan and I'll get the, the beneficiaries will get the remainder of the death benefit. Remember the cash value and the death benefit are the same. They're the same thing. They're linked. Right. Or I'll surrender the policy and the, I'll, I won't get that money back. I'll get whatever the remaining, you know, net cash value the is net or cash. surrender. Yeah. Right. So, so for them, it's a safe, it's a safe loan. But IBC business, IBC policy holders, 
clients of ours, clients of our friends that are coming from this from an IBC perspective know that number one, I don't steal the peas. I'm going to put those, I'm going to go out the front door, make the wife pay for the can of peas. So loans get paid back. Right. So you, you can choose not to pay the loan back. Yeah. Right. You don't have to pay the loan back or you can pay it back on whatever schedule you want. But when you understand what you're doing, of course, you're going to pay it back. Just like you would pay back a bank loan. Correct. And you yeah. would never want to abuse. The banks aren't going to let you abuse them, first of all, right? You know, they're going to go to your, you know, you, when you take a loan from a bank, it's fully collateralized. Oh, yeah. Um, so likewise, you're not going to abuse your own banking system because that's how you end up like the, what, uh, first Midland there? Yeah, the example in becoming in your own banker. Becoming your yep. own banker. Oh, my goodness. What was going on there? Uh, but anyway, so that's that's why it's beneficial for us. You know, I want my company to be profitable, right? The company that I have my policies with. Uh, I want them to be profitable because I'm part owner. I'm part owner of this company that's guaranteeing the collateral on my, you know, the death benefit of my policies and your policies and our children's policies and our clients' policies. Um, so I'm going to repay my loans. And right. I'm going to get a dividend from them. Yep. Um, Non-guaranteed, but yeah. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can probably bet on it. So I'd bet yeah, on it. I'd bet on it. I do bet on it, even yep. though uh, my bets are backed by guarantees anyway. That's right. So, yeah. So that's how it so benefits the insurance company because that's a guaranteed uh, return of capital and return on capital for the that's insurance right. company. Guaranteed. Right. Um, and it benefits you. And somebody was asking me today, like, how is this? Well, here's here's the example somebody brought up is they were under the impression that actually taking loans benefits your policy <laughs> like it helps your policy grow and it was probably definitely it's not that that's not in the book so right. he probably confused that with something else he heard somebody else say when he was doing his you know rabbit hole research on youtube um make no mistake your policy is your cash value grows exactly the same whether assuming you're using a non-direct recognition company grows exactly the same whether you're taking loans or not that's right it, it doesn't affect you cannot improve your policy's performance by taking loans um, but the benefit of taking loans so i had to go back to the benefit and i always use i love this example and i got this from the same guy um who i got the idea to you know carry the books around and sell them for 20 bucks um, you can finance a car one of two ways right that we've been taught and what are those two ways paul you can pay cash or you can borrow money. Right. So the first one, it benefits you to take a policy loan versus borrowing money from a bank for, for several reasons. I probably won't even hit on all of them, but one, um, well, the, who holds the title? So let's say you're going to go buy that car. Who holds the title if you borrow from a bank? The, the bank, bank does, right? So if you don't make a loan repayment to the bank, what can they do? Take your car. They can take your car. So there's a drawback uh, or an advantage to taking a policy loan where you get to pay for the car in cash, but you own the title personally. If you don't make a payment back to the to your policy loan, it doesn't matter. Like you can skip a month, you could skip a year if you need to. You know, hard times. Nobody's going to take your car away. That's right. Um, two, it's going to benefit you 
because every dollar you pay back on that loan to the insurance company becomes a dollar available that you can borrow again. When you take a loan from a bank and you pay a dollar back to them, they lock that up in the vault. And if you ever want to see a dollar, that dollar again, you have to go through the whole application process again and put up more collateral and, you know, sign over your third born child, whatever. So those are two major advantages. Um, now, what about paying cash? Well, yeah, you could pay cash, but you save it up in your checking account. You go give that $30,000 over to the car dealer, you get a car, but what happened to your cash? It's gone. Stopped earning. It's gone. Stopped, stopped earning forever. You'll forever. never earn on that cash again. And right? it's in a depreciating asset. Yeah, for a depreciating asset. Well, it's not an asset. asset. It's, a, it's a liability. Really. Depreciating liability. However, uh, except for the, the clown world we live in where it actually became an appreciating liability. Yeah, uh, it was over. a little snapshot in time there, wasn't it? crazy you know things are upside down when your car is going up in value i think the i think the hellcat is has appreciated since i bought it actually and it was a used hellcat it's yeah. going up they're going for a hundred now wow yeah i know my truck um Way. the dealer wants to buy it back from me at least you know they send me a mailer saying we'll buy it back for this yeah. much and and i owe way less than that yeah so it's uh it's it was a good yeah. buy yeah um Anyway, so, you know, there's a way that doing this benefits you versus paying cash uh, because those dollars are earning for you forever, compounding uninterrupted, right? Um, so you're not improving your policy's performance by taking a policy loan versus doing one of those other things. You're improving your entire financial picture over your lifetime by doing it this way versus doing it the other way. Yeah, no question. Um, I often tell people this, like, listen, you know, IBC, the process of becoming your own baker takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take the average man 20 years. But it's, if you took two people, and I've said this before, you take, you know, two twins, they open up policies of the same, or the one guy has a policy, the other guy's paying cash. The guy paying cash is going to be ahead early on. The buy term invest the difference guy or whatever you want to call sure. him, right? Yep. He's going to be ahead. But eventually... The IBC guy, twin, is going to run away. And you can do all the math you want, but it's, it's, it is 100% true. He is recapturing all of that interest that he's been bleeding for his entire life, which is arguably like a, you know, 34 and a half cents or 34 and a half percent return just by doing just by controlling the banking function. Right. Like Nelson says, you cannot earn a higher rate of return by ignoring the banking function. You just can't. Yep. Yeah. I like how he puts that. Like people, you know, you talk to all your friends that are focused on the, I'm investing 10% of my income, you know, from whatever, but they're ignoring the 34 and a half percent that's going closing costs, interest payments on the car, interest payments on the mortgage, interest payments on the boat up, oh, just refinance the house again, five years later. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So well, why don't we talk about, pull out that book, um, like page 36 and 37 is all about policy loans in the case for IBC. Yep. Um, let's talk about a, a zero sum game that we're all used to playing, right? When you're, when you're um, in bed, so to speak, with a financial institution, We've been taught that there's a winner and there's a loser. 
You know, when you do business with banks, they win, you lose when you do business as a customer of the bank because you pay them extra money to borrow their money, right? And they win. Uh, so we're all ingrained with like, hey, if I lose in this situation, certainly the institution is going to win, right? But on page 36, it talks about what if somebody had a policy they were paying for 40 years and then they had a cash crunch and they couldn't make the premium payment? Well, it would be ridiculous if they had all this cash value built up and the insurance company didn't let them access it, right? Which is why you, know, you have access to that cash value that's, that's accrued, that equity in your death benefit over the years. You could take that cash as a loan and pay your premium and get through that cash crunch period in your life and then get back on track and repay the loan, et cetera. But what would happen if somebody had to surrender their policy or let it lapse after 40 years of paying premiums? One, that'd be bad for you, obviously, right? Because you put all this capital into something and then 40 years later, it's gone. Sounds like universal life. <laughs> oh, burn. Yeah, it really does, actually. But now if you did this with a, a mutual uh, whole life insurance company and your policy lapsed after 40 years of paying, you lose. But guess who else loses? Yeah, the company's not getting that premium anymore. Right. So it's a lose-lose situation. It's not a lose-win. The, the insurance company didn't gain something by you not being able to pay your premium. They sincerely want you to be able to pay your premium and keep that policy going and utilize it. Feel free to utilize it for cash value loans. It's all built into the whole plan anyway. Yep. Right? As we said, those are the best loans the, the insurance company can make. They may not be the most profitable because you can't really forecast when that money, that interest is going to be paid back and, and the loan is going to be paid back, but they're the most secure loans the company can make. So, you know, if you don't have the ability to do that because you had a lapse, your, your policy lapsed because you couldn't make premium payments, that not only hurts you, it, it's, it, it hurts the company. So talk about win-lose. You, when you win, the company wins. That's how it's designed with these with mutual life insurance companies. They want you to win. They want you to keep being able to pay and and have a healthy, performing policy. Yep, they're you know they're counting on that premium, right? They've back when you bought that policy forty years ago, and you're you're you know seventy years old now, and and uh, it's a pay to ninety five. They had they had I don't know you know they probably use different assumptions here and there. I I don't I'm not an actuary, but. Um, you know, maybe they're counting on that premium through age ninety-five. I mean, right? Um, and that all goes into the into the pricing and and all that stuff. But yeah, it's um, you know that element of control keeps popping into my head, Dave. And that's it's 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 all about the control that over the banking function. Get a bad, you know, you get a bad month, doesn't matter. And obviously, nobody would be doing this if that scenario just outlined, if I couldn't get to my money. <laughs> no, it wouldn't make any sense, right? Well, or, not my money, but contractual access to cash value. There well, you go. We don't allow that. That'd be like, yeah. well, why am I doing this, right? Yeah, it what's the point? It's like- This wouldn't exist, right? Wait, so, I, I can't, even if you couldn't touch your money until you were 59 and a half, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. Like, right. Wait, I can't, I can't touch it? But that, right. that mutual relationship- um, where we policy owners are part owners of the company, um, you know that 
that is what makes this relationship great and what makes it work. Um, cause you're, cause you're right. Like the company doesn't make, you know, companies don't make a ton of money on whole life. These aren't, you know, these aren't hedge funds that are out there, you know, doing, you know, big, big ventures, you know, short, short, short term risky things or whatever. You know, these are, they are thinking 30, 40, 50 years from now. What They're does thinking this generationally. Look like? Yeah. Correct. They are thinking generationally. They are thinking, how does our company meet its obligations in the future? That is how they think. Or, and if they're not thinking like that, they ought to be because that's the business that we're in. Right. And that's the whole life business as well, right? This These policies will pay out a death benefit. There is yeah. a looming liability, I suppose, out there for the company. They know at some point that is going to occur and it becomes more likely every single year we get older. But True. they want to pay it out. Yeah, that's their so, whole reason for existence. That's right. Is to, is to pay those those death claims out. And you know, it, it, it gives me a lot of security and a lot of comfort knowing that even during the Great Depression, no policy owner, you know, no policy was not paid out because of the Great Depression. You know, as far as any anything I've ever seen, I've never seen anything that that disputes that, that somebody didn't get a death payout um when when a family member died during the Great Depression. Um, no, they pay out because these companies are built to last. They, they've taken depressions and recessions into account and they've got financial shock absorbers and they've got actuarial science on their side and the law of big numbers and all of that to help them weather those storms. Yeah, you know, and you think they've, they've survived the, you know, the, the advent of central banking. Right, World, worldwide central banking yeah. uh, that has diminished the value of our currency, which is a fiat currency that really has no value. They've survived all of these things um, and have thrived, really. They've yeah. thrived. Um, we, you know, one of the companies that we write for has, you know, increased dramatically as far as uh, the amount of whole life business that it's done. Um, and I would say it's largely to infinite banking style uh, business as well. I would say too. Business. Yeah. I mean, those are usually the leaders in those companies are infinite banking uh, practitioners and people who promote this concept, um, which is pretty cool. And you're doing something good for, for everybody and you get rewarded for it. Um, but yeah, insurance companies, the good ones really love what we do because we do it responsibly, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well-educated client ends up in, you know, for good business for everybody. And remember, folks, you, you know, you're part owner. Act like an act like an owner. Treat your company correctly, and it'll be there to take care of you. You're right. So you said a well-educated client. So the, in my experience, and probably yours as well, the more educated somebody is in the process of banking, so they've read the book, they've done the research, in the process of banking, the more educated they are, the more successful they are in, in this, and, and really the, the better client they make. Because they, they get it. And you just have to be the one to, to you know, do the things for them that they can't do themselves because they're not licensed agents. They haven't been, you know, through the, the training, design everything and, you know, the experience there. But they they win, you know, and they don't and everybody wins. The insurance company, the the producer, the client. It's not um, 
you know, there's not one loser out of the three, so the other two can win. It's win, win, win. Yeah, I think that's so important just to understand. Um, despite the noise that's out there about whole life insurance uh, and maybe even the infinite banking concept, um, you know, it's certainly I wouldn't be talking about it. Certainly I wouldn't be doing it in my own, in my personal life. Uh, and neither would anyone we know. So it's, yeah, man, I, I love it. Glad to be a part of it. Proud to be a part of it, actually. I love I love telling people that, you know, what we do. Uh, it's like, oh, it's not like, you know, whole life insurance. Like, no, I, I love, people are, are generally intrigued by it. And if they they're really not, are. stop talking about it. You know, it's like, all right, he's not interested. He's a five-term invested difference guy or whatever. Yeah. Well, then you can start talking about banking. Hey, I also teach people how to, how to create a banking system. Oh, really? That sounds cool. Tell me more. Then at the end, yeah, you, 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 the product you use is whole life insurance. <laughs> you know? So yeah, that's yeah. fun. And yeah. uh, so you've got a little story about playing, playing bank recently. And uh, I'm, I, you know, I contributed a small part. I was, I was brought in as a consultant for this acquisition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, Jack, my 16 year old, uh, and I went out, we were looking at some cars. We actually found one uh, today. We we signed the agreement. We'll pick it up tomorrow. I just didn't have enough time to go through all the uh, the paperwork today because I had a meeting. But um, yeah, we found a good car for him. He's been saving his nickels working at Chick-fil-A and he's done pretty good. He's done really good, you know, and his mom and I will help him out uh, a little bit because uh, I like to bless my kids, but you know, I want them to to learn the value of a dollar and and saving it themselves. And I know he's going to take really good care of it. But between what I'm, you know, giving him and what he's saved up himself, uh, it's still going to require a little bit more. So I'm going to be the bank for him, which is pretty fun. And we'll put him on a payment plan. I'll show him, hey, we're taking a loan from the policy. And, you know, it's going to be 5% interest. Maybe I make it 10, right? Nelson says, if you're going to pay five, why not, why not pay 10? Um, but this is going to be a great learning example for him of how, how loans work and, and how doing it this way is way more beneficial to him than going to a bank to get a loan. And it allows me the opportunity to be a blessing because I can literally be the bank for my kids instead of them having to, you know, buy a $5,000 junker that he's, that, that's only going to last a couple of years. He can buy something that's actually pretty decent. That's going to last through high school and beyond, hopefully. Um, and you know, I don't have to go co-sign on a loan with the bank for him and, um, yeah, just pretty cool. So I'm excited about it and it'll create discipline with him, you know, a set amount every month he has to pay me. Um, and ideally he'll pay more than that and just pay it off quicker. Yep. And as a reminder, folks, you know, Dave's taking a policy loan, right? But the, the cash value, the growth of the policy is going to occur like he has does not have a loan. Right. He does not have it leveraged at all. So it continues to grow like nothing happened. His so dividend will be a, the same. Yep. Right. So if I take a $5,000 loan and I pay that $5,000 loan back in two years, guess what? My cash value is going to be more than $5,000 greater when I pay that back. Yeah, because it's a somewhat mature policy too. Yeah, because it's compounding every single year. And that compounding is going to outpace 
you know, really the interest I'm paying on that, that small loan anyway. So, yeah, I mean, control family banking. Yep. This is, this is it folks. I mean, it's on a small scale, but that's where it starts. You know, eventually, you know, Dave's going to be playing banker for, well, I get a ton of kids, but you know, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you'll be the mortgage lender at some point. Like maybe, you might have to honestly, maybe I will. that's the idea, right? That's the goal. Or maybe Jack will be for his kids. Yeah. The, or, or I could be a system. I, I could loan on the down payment, right? You know, um, something like that. And they can just factor that into their monthly mortgage and make part of that payment back to me, back yep. to the family bank. Yeah. I so. love it, man. It's a, that's very exciting. And, uh, you know, we're lucky that we stumbled upon this idea. I tell you that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're lucky. I sat next to you in Afghanistan, man, for all those months. And and yeah, never right. told you about infinite banking until years later. Yeah. Well, he didn't know what he had. <laughs> I really didn't. I thought, I mean, I right. had a saving, a great savings account. That's all it was at that point. So, right. but, you know, that's why putting this in place and then staying educated, continuing that education journey is just going to open up more. It's going to open your eyes and your mind to more opportunities out there. That's right. And for clarity, folks, he was, he meant savings account. It's not really a savings account. It's a life insurance contract. A life insurance contract. I just treated it like my savings account. That's right. And if I ever, if I never did anything more than that, it would still be a very great. Apparently, answer. there's there's people out there buying whole life insurance that think it's a savings account because their agent. I I don't know how that happens, but apparently that's out there. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, good clarification then. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, hey, hopefully everybody stuck with us. I know it's a holiday weekend when you're listening, most likely. So enjoy the 4th of July. God bless America. Yep. Greatest God country bless on all earth. of you. Absolutely. And uh, let's keep it that way. So enjoy. Be safe. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. And until then, control your capital. Or somebody else will. 